Welcome back to the Skits and Giggles podcast. Uh, I am Pascal and I'm joined by my co-host Bryson. How's it going tonight, buddy? Hey, Pascal, I'm doing well. Hello, Skigglers, and how are you? Oh, good. Really looking forward to tonight and uh, talking to Felix. Uh, our friend Felix, he has uh, all the tools to stop you right in your tracks because he's developing his own brakes, amongst other things. Um, how's it going tonight? Yeah, I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, on my notepad, I have really only one main question I want to clarify tonight, and that is... Of all the things you could start a new business in the bike industry with, how in the hell did you end up designing your own brakes and not start with something simple like pedals or a stem or whatever? So what happened? How do you end up designing your own brakes? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was kind of the, the challenging part that attracted me. Uh, I got into doing my own stuff or working on bikes uh, with suspensions, uh, servicing and, and trying to, to tune suspension, but without a real dyno for suspension, uh, you're just guessing what you're doing. Um, yeah, with brakes, you immediately, you immediately feel what you have done. Uh, if the bite point's going somewhere or uh, if there's no brake power, you immediately know, oh, there's something not working and like, for example, in on suspension, yeah, you turn for a few knobs. Is it better? Yeah, I don't know. Could be better. Let's go another uh, another rock garden and, and see if it's better. Yeah, hmm. well, brakes work immediately. You know that you messed up if you messed up. And I did this quite some time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was just the, the challenge of uh, not having done anything with hydraulics, but still with engineering stuff. And so, yeah, so... It was, yeah, just the, an, an easy part to get an immediate feedback on yeah, what you just did a few minutes before to your brakes. So that's the point of all. <laughs> oh, okay, that's, I mean, that's interesting. I, mean, I like the notion of like, you know immediately if it works, yes or no, because if your brakes fail, then <laughs> <laughs> potentially big problem. But uh, was there um, a problem you were trying to solve? Was there something wrong with the brakes that you had? Or was it just like, I like the problem I want to, uh, you know, of designing brakes and, and, and I want to solve that. Yeah, it was more just, just the, the, the designing of brakes. Uh, I didn't have any problems so far. Uh, I had uh, some SRAM codes, in my opinion, some very good brakes, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Lots of people don't like uh, SRAM brakes. And, and yeah, so what I had was arm pump on, on longer days, uh, for example, in, in Trailender Enduro Trails in Nauders Reschenpass, uh, yeah, I had quite some arm pump in, in, in the evening or, yeah, just on the trails. So there was something I would, yeah, I had problems with, and, and but this, it wasn't my, my, my intention to get a break. I need to reduce my arm pump. So maybe it was more of a, maybe a, another lever angle would have helped already. But yeah, that would have been quite a bit too easy well sometimes it's the uh, it's the easy easy solutions yeah <laughs> yeah well it's to me the the the, the journey getting some breaks done physically done uh with uh, machinists and and, and uh, suppliers that was a, a challenging part i was yeah considering to be quite fun and it was quite good uh, made some new experiences and, and new contacts so yeah 
worked for me <laughs> this way. And do you have some? Uh, do you have a background in engineering? Did you have the contacts, or did you literally start from scratch? Uh, well, I'm reading every tech article on things that I'm interested in. Uh, for example, breaks. Uh, I have an engineering background, design engineer, but I never really worked with hydraulics. So that was a completely new field to me. Uh, I don't have, well, yeah, still don't have any contacts to brake manufacturers or brake experts. I had one hydraulic expert who just uh, gave me a quick overview of uh, how fluid dynamics and, and uh, FEM anal analysis with hydraulics work. Uh, and then I'm, yeah, sat down evening for evening uh, and, and, yeah, went over the numbers and redesigned everything. So, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say it's self-taught, but uh, I relied on, on quite a few uh, articles and, and uh, in internet forums, there's a load of information to be, to be filtered. And, and so that's where I got the, yeah, not the know-how, but yeah, kind of built the knowledge from internet forums and then, uh, yeah, from here and there, images, uh, watching uh, or looking for, uh, how do you say, cross-sections of breaks and everything. That's how I got into this whole thing. <laughs> well, now 612 Parts, so that's the, the name of your of your brand. So that's now, you know, obviously the, the most... Um, known one i guess at this stage because you've been on display at numerous shows you've had some features with the european bike project i think pink bike was uh, was featuring uh, some images and uh, you know some 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 mentions of, of your brakes so but it turns out it's not only about the brakes you're also designing other stuff so is there is there kind of a you know just looking to solve more problems to optimize a few things in your own bike or is there is there what is your design principle of, of going with different different products that you make? Well, it's it's, it's not solving any problems. Uh, it's just doing it just for just for the interest of, of stuff. Uh, I made some rotors. Uh, I'm not doing anything better than than other rotors. Uh, like uh, for example, another example, my stem. I, I did a one piece stem. There are quite a few. Uh, brands offering stems one piece stems uh, it was just appealing to me uh, so yeah maybe maybe it holds up and, and let's see and let's just just do it and then yeah i was just interested and, and that's that's what drives me uh getting my, my head wrapped around the topic and then trying to to make it away or yeah get along the way and just do this stuff i don't have a plan like our oh, next thing is uh i want to do my own suspension or whatever uh, i think that's not going to happen uh, but yeah we'll see maybe tomorrow i'll start doing my first upper crowns it's just what comes to my mind i'm what what i'm interested in that I, that's what i'm doing so breaks at that time was very very interesting it still is interesting there's uh yeah next thing is the the flat mount two piston caliper people seem to like it i don't know uh gravel bikes i'm not into gravel bikes but i got quite a few messages uh, hey when you're going to to release the, the flat mount version so i have no intention uh yeah we'll see i, I just started so 
The world is your oyster. I mean, that's. Uh, I think yeah, on, the, on the one hand, I, I really, really like the approach, and like, of, of course, like of just finding out where where things are taking you. But on the other hand, you obviously um, gave this business, and it is a business now, mm-hmm. um, the right uh, framework. I mean, you have, you know, in terms of your, let's say, your corporate structure, so you have an actual, an actual company, etc. So, so that, so it's, it's, you know, I think semi. Semi, if not more serious, right? So, so that that's cool. Yeah, definitely. If it's some time, uh, this could pay my rent. Well, I'm more than happy. It would be a great success, and things are looking quite good right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make a million of it. I don't want to make a million of it. It's just a side project, hobby, and, and just because people started liking my stuff and, and and writing this stuff, I thought, yeah, why not give it a try? So. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> oh, absolutely! No, I mean, I think it's uh, you know you're 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 hitting the nail on on the head with a, num- a lot of things that you do. So kind of right. So it's kind of people are getting tired of like the big brands. People are getting tired of like certainly over the last two three years, like all the delays and waiting. And when is Shimano or SRAM? When when can I actually get a break? And so there is a there's a lot of appetite. I feel. Uh, within myself but also from friends of mine to to look at the local people right so people that at least design stuff here or make stuff here and maybe a bit more boutique um and uh, so so in that sense it's i think it's, it's it's a really cool project and you know from when i started following it i was like really interested and i'm super keen to to actually try uh try to break um let's talk a little bit more about the break because I, i'm i'm you know, advanced in my process of assessing the breaks. What I found really interesting is uh, the technical details of like, you can run it either with mineral oil or dot, or dot fluid and all that. So was that specifically uh, a goal from the beginning to make it compatible between using one versus the other? Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, of course, definitely. Um, I... whoa, 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 wait a second, Pascal, what was that sound? <laughs> I started using that sound whenever we wanted to say something about our social or where you guys can find more information about the Skits and Giggles podcast. We are currently most active on our Instagram where you can skit right into our DMs and follow along at Skits and Giggles. And you can find our website with all the relevant links and info under the URL skitsandgiggles.com. Also, if you guys like what we're doing and want to know what's up, just give us a follow on Spotify. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to great podcasts. Finally, sharing episodes you enjoy on your socials or a heartfelt five-star rating on your favorite platform goes a long way in helping us reach more cool people like you. Right on, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. In in, in the first place, I I started this whole thing yeah, in 2016, where I had my first 3D printer and then just laid it aside as a, as a yeah, just a little small project. But uh, then it came to my mind again. I showed it to to a friend who had uh, SRAM, uh, Shimano XTR levers, and I had SRAM codes. So, yeah, we both wanted to ride this uh, the stuff. So it was just, uh, it's not a big quite yeah it's, it's not a big deal to get some seals cut uh, i did this in, in uh, on a laser cutter here in lucerne in the, at the university uh so yeah when the when the first design was there 
it was just uh, exchanging the the seals and then go for it so yeah it was from the beginning it was just for the calipers uh, to make it compatible to dot and mineral or dot or mineral oil not and <laughs> um the whole system uh, with the with the lever is mineral oil only uh, because there are some yeah the the the, the reservoir seal is yeah is trickier a trickier part and and I didn't want to get all the old seals done in all different fabrications and so yeah calipers are available or you can ride them with mineral oil or dot and the complete system mineral oil only. What uh, really took me at the very start was seeing your new caliper in this low-res style. <laughs> what brought that on? Is that like just a trend or uh, Have you seen the, the, the very first, oh, not the very first, uh, the, the last, uh, the latest, what was it, Spectral, Canyon Spectral. It has this, this uh, yeah, the, the design. I really, really like it. Yeah, this polygon style and the when the when the brakes were on, on pink bike was they were the cyber truck brakes. It's like Yeah, okay. Uh well the very the very first uh well yeah the, the design of the V two of the brake was very, very like trick stuff. They were identical. Just just to make yeah, I didn't want to spend much time on design, I just wanted to get stuff done and then see how it really works so i didn't care for design and then yeah it looks like trick stuff so so what it's to, for, for the first prototype uh, but then it was like ah, okay it actually works the design is yeah people some people like it some not i was like okay now let's get a little bit some some, some unique design and yeah i really yeah i hate designing designing in, in this in this particular case and then I, I really spent four evenings uh, just to get the, the the edges aligned and the internals aligned that there are no breakthroughs somewhere and then so that was just uh, to get yeah the, the design aspect a little bit uh, yeah served or how do you say not served uh, but yeah to get to get a unique design uh, yeah because yeah, the difference to to Trickstuff Magura, yeah, looking a little bit similar, but I have nothing seen yet like my brakes. So that's where the design comes from. <laughs> yeah, look, looking like something is sometimes a compliment, but you know, it's it's really <clears throat> subjective. Um, I think one of the things that uh, really takes people is that it's kind of like a either what do you want to call it homegrown or sort of like uh, this is this is like developed where i come from so for example um in north vancouver you have like north shore racks and everybody and their tacoma <laughs> has a north shore rack on the back it's awesome i mean okay guys with uh, forerunners and stuff too right so it's really cool it's like you know made there for this scene and it's it's all about that and it's like just one of the accessories you got to get if you got a truck and you want to haul you know <laughs> yes yeah. in a good way um, and it goes down to like, you know, uh, the guys from intend and, uh, trick stuff. And if you're in that region, you want to get those breaks. It's like, it's, it's made from your, like your hometown, yeah. like where you're <laughs> from. Um, and it, it's this aspect, it goes, it, it's more than bikes, right? Like you're talking like even, uh, the Jeep scene, the, the muscle car scene, 
these guys making exhaust for the muscle cars, these guys making uh, off-road bumpers, lift kits for their Jeeps. Like they're all in that scene, in that terrain, and they need to they need something to adapt their vehicle or their mode to like what they have to deal with. And for you, okay, maybe you didn't need a brake, but you wanted one. And so, I mean, is there much difference there? Maybe not, maybe. But anyways, you're doing it because you're like, hey, I want to give this a shot because, I mean, you have your own internal whatever it is and there you go. But the thing is, the industrial look of it, I really, I really dig it. I'm a big fan. I will, I will tell anybody when we when we start talking about looks and stuff like industrial stuff. I'm really into. I've always been in, into that. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things that really <laughs> strikes me with your stuff. Um, now, obviously, you are going for a uh, functional stance because <laughs> you want to stop, yeah. right? So, so you, so you made them, like you said, you made them look however they looked, but the important part was that the, mm-hmm. you, you flushed out the working part and now they work and that enabled you to say, okay, let me take a look at the way they, the way they look. Maybe they look a little low poly industrial. Tell me a little bit about the internals. So I noticed somewhere you are using titanium pistons. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Okay. Why switch? Or why did you use them in the first place? Uh, in the first place, it was just fancy. There was a titanium bar laying around, and I was like, okay, ah, no, no. A friend brought, uh, brought me a an, an titanium bar. I was like, okay, just do it. Just go for it and try it. But, but never worked with titanium, and then worked pretty good uh, for getting it. Well, it was for free. <laughs> buying titanium and machining it is quite expensive so i uh, stainless steel does the job too in the way i did the the surface finish and everything no problems with uh, stainless steel so now they're stainless steel not well yeah not too light not lighter than the titanium but yeah that's why i switched uh, just because of the the money <laughs> Yeah, and, and then yeah, internals. Uh, it's a it's a nine millimeter master piston going to a sixteen and seventeen millimeter uh, uh, caliper pistons. Uh, why? Yeah, because the well, the best brake in the world uses them. <laughs> you know who I'm, who I'm talking about. Uh, so why not try it? Yeah, why should I? get something completely new because I don't have the experience yet. So just build on something that already exists and then get my, yeah, uh, tip my feet into the water. And then how does it work? It works. And next step is maybe, maybe play around with the hydraulics and then get other pistons maybe done. But that's what, that's just the intention behind the, the um, piston sizes because it's already there. And then, yeah, why, why use something low powered when you can have the higher power and it, it just doesn't make any difference for me uh, if i use the, the smaller pistons or whatever so i just went for the full for the full power i remember listening to another podcast and they had another component brand make who started making their own uh calipers i believe not not uh, levers but just yeah. calipers they ended up just choosing to use some uh, standard off the shelf um, another brake manufacturer's mm-hmm. pistons and maybe some seals or yep, small yep. parts 
Did you consider going that route as well, or you decided from the get-go that you wanted to do your own? Not really. Uh, to get some standard parts, uh, it's pretty hard to get uh, to get these standard parts for a good price. Uh, I would have to go to buy components and just buy them as as, as normal customer. And I don't see any benefit there. Uh, yeah, buying this the standard stuff from somewhere with no price, uh, with no price advantage. Uh, so, yeah, that was never a, never an, an option for me. And the the the, the seals, I, the seals are quite specific uh, in, in, in tolerance uh, to make the retraction of the piston work. And I have no idea how they what they did to get the dimensions where the seals fit in the caliper to the piston, the, the critical part. Uh, I measured it. I had some really, really fancy measure, measuring equipment <laughs> where I could look, take a look inside the brake uh, without destroying it. <laughs> did this with uh, with Magura and, and uh, Shimano and the SRAM, uh, SRAM calipers but these the numbers i got were just so okay uh what's the tolerance on of this of this uh of this dimension is plus 0.1 minus 0.1 minus 0.2 where am i so i just had to, had to, had to start there from scratch and then get my own seals done so grabbing some some uh off the shelf seals and pistons i was just not not sure about where I am and where where the where the journey is going to, so that's why I did my own my own uh, experiments. I see. And um, what came first, the the disc or the caliper? Um, while waiting for the calipers, I made some discs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it was constant progress. Uh, the very first parts were, of course, machined in China. There's no way I could uh, afford a, a Swiss Swiss machinist. Uh, doing this, I inquired a lot, messaged quite a lot of quite some some companies, and it was like, no, no, not for this price. And then it was just one piece. And then for a prototype, me as a yeah, just just doing it for a hobby. I can I cannot spend uh, several thousand Swiss francs just to get a prototype that might work or might not work. So yeah, waiting for the delivery from from China, I started uh, to do some some rotors and. Again, the the same friend that uh, with the, with the Shimano XTR, uh, he gave me, he had some contact for laser uh, laser cutters and then, yeah we went there, brought the material, got the discs cut, tried them they worked worked quite good, uh, yeah so they were they were at the same time to get back to your question <laughs> almost. Fast forwarding a little bit, you ended up getting them yeah. tested. So you went through like yeah. an official EFBE testing yeah. uh, um, mm -hmm. protocol, um, and yeah. it passed. It exceeded exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. What was the What was the feeling <laughs> when you got those results? <laughs> oh, some horrible sleepless nights. The first, uh, the very first uh, dyno run, the, um, the dyno kind of broke. As far as I was told, uh, the the break. Uh, Stop the the dyno before, yeah, and then before a specific power. So it was, yeah, not not too not to say too powerful, but yeah. Well, let's just say it. Let's just say it, it was too powerful. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was like 
the 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 guy from from the from the uh, testing test stand uh, he called me a few times and was like his number showing up on the phone I was like oh fuck oh fuck uh what's he telling me yeah it broke everything's done or uh failed or whatever and yeah it, it was it took what took four days and then four sleepless nights uh to get some final results but when the results were there it was it was uh was it six excel sheets of of uh wet break or wet and dry condition breaking and then under load and after heat uh heat cycles yeah heat cycle yeah thank you thank you exactly um so <laughs> to get the information so, so on the phone he said yeah everything's good this thing works it works very good it's got 20 more 20 percent more power than the original uh equipped stuff and then it was good but uh having the proof or getting to the results of the proof, it was like, okay, where is it? What is it? What does it say? What is this curve? And then, but after then having the break from the from the testing stand again, it's like, wow, best feeling ever. And then I just took the break, and yeah, you probably shouldn't do it, but I wrote it for another uh, six months till the new parts arrived. So test passed. <laughs> but leading up to that test. You you were testing them yeah. yourself, like you were. It was in development, and you had taken them for some rides. And didn't you get to the point where you were riding it and said, "Yeah, well, I'm going to test this, and uh, I'm I don't have any problem having it tested because I know they work as good as the brakes that I've already been using by yeah. other manufacturers." Yeah, are they? Do you ever know? <laughs> um, of course, they work, but uh, I didn't know. I did not have the the. Um, norm specification how much power do they have to provide do they meet these uh these uh, yeah the expectations uh, on this on this sheet uh i could say everybody can can buy this this uh, uh excerpt from 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 the uh, from the norm uh it has 18 kilos of power in the in the lever so try to raise 18 kilo with your with your finger that's how the brakes are tested to the maximum point. And 18 kilos with one finger is, uh, well, that's that's an emergency brake. <laughs> um, so I wasn't sure about, yeah, I knew it will work to some certain point, but will it do the whole, the whole, uh, the whole test cycle? Will it hold up the whole test cycle? And that was the thing that I was pretty worried about, but luckily nothing to worry about after all <laughs> and what iteration were you on when you decided to test it was it still like the first no, it iteration was the second or? the very first uh, <laughs> oh wow uh, the very first iteration uh, flexed so when you when you pulled the lever the the caliper bent itself open for 0.5 millimeters yeah you 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 felt it <laughs> you felt it in in a in a, in a yeah, with with a spongy feel on the bite points, um, but still it worked. It, it uh, main goal was on, on the very first iteration to get it sealed, to, that there is no uh, hydraulic fluid leaking somewhere. And the first thing was was done and uh, achieved. Then I just beefed up the, the wall thicknesses to three, whatever. As I, I didn't, I didn't uh, had a specific number in mind. It just a lot helps a lot. Make it double. Double the wall size worked perfectly. <laughs> so yeah, that was the second iteration that was on the on the test stand. Yeah, it's one thing to have them 
with enough power, withstand a test, but also be able to be uh, reliable. Like you, like you said, you you rode them for another six months. The same brake that yeah, was in yeah. the test, you rode them mm-hmm. for another six months. So it's you pretty much put your life, you know, kind of like on the line in that in that sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> judging from the kind of riding you do, you've got a you a, a pretty well developed um, trail enduro bike. <laughs> And uh, you're riding in some areas, which I consider like, you know, some of like the most technical or high risk or just, yeah, kind of the best trails around. So I would expect you're putting the brake through its paces. (laughs) And in critical times, if it didn't work, we might not be speaking (laughs) to you. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, there were were times uh, when uh, stuff failed, of course. Uh, That's how development goes. But yeah, nothing too too serious when just the bite point is fading away. Okay, well then. That means pushing pushing down the trail, pushing down the mountain. That's just a part of development. <laughs> okay, so you had a bite point migration, yeah. we call it, on, on, yeah. in the, in the, in the, the, in the, the, the marketing yeah. texts. <laughs> the, the critical part is uh, to, to get the pistons in the caliper without cutting the seals of the caliper. It's quite yeah, narrow tolerances. And on this particular uh, uh, caliper i just cut the the seal on, on one edge there was like uh two millimeters were, were just uh missing of the of, of the seal so yeah in the with an, with normal hand uh yeah hand force no problem but on the heavy braking yeah it caused oil to leak through the seal and that's what the, what was the, the bite point issue on this brake back then <laughs> So a simple um, seal change is what yeah. the fix would be. Yeah, yeah. But uh, getting to the idea that it's just a seal change. First, yeah, bleed. Bleed another time. Oh, still not good. Bleed another time. Where is the air trap? And yeah, finding that seal. Uh, it's the last thing that you want to do. You got to completely pull the, pull the caliper apart again for the 200th time or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> quite exhausting. So having pr- no prior experience and knowledge in hydraulics and, and disc brakes, you had to kind of walk through your own troubleshooting yeah. and basically <laughs> decide, okay, how do I proceed? You know, path yeah. A, path B, I see. Yeah, but good good thing is now I'm an expert in bleeding brakes. And if there's anything wrong with my brakes, I immediately know, uh, okay, it's that, that there. I had this back then and fixed it like that. And then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your fingertip calibration is, uh, <laughs> or your fingertip sensors are completely calibrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. getting better. How uh, how long was it? Uh, I mean, just to, to put context to this, I mean, how how long was it from the first idea to I'm gonna start playing with brakes to you know now you're selling the first the first uh, batch, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, to be honest, I can't remember. There was such a such a ongoing process the last two years as well it was at least one year just development and and yeah getting getting to a point where i can say uh, okay let's try this let's give it a serious try like a like a, a test run uh, but then yeah the last yeah the, yeah the last half year when i started uh well when i really started uh with this whole company stuff and, and everything was the point when i when i got out in, in, in the public so you find images of way earlier from 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 uh prototypes very first prototypes 
on my personal Instagram. Link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I can use my uh, my English accent to convey it. <laughs> Swans welly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for mentioning it. We did put it in there eventually. Um, <laughs> But uh, you mentioned uh, the, the prototyping you did in uh, in China, um, but now you're producing closer yeah. to home. So where where is the stuff made? Yes. Because I think that's that's what what people care about yeah. these days. Definitely, right? so. uh, it was uh, it was my focus to get this stuff uh, machined at least in Europe. But uh, now it's Rimsting, <laughs> uh, Radox is the company. They are manufacturer for. Uh, cavalry bikes uh, they make some links or uh, just saw earlier today the the fast phoenix uh, shock the the upper mount uh, they are specialists in, in in cnc machining five axes so uh, machining parts come all from germany rimsting uh, radox um, turning parts are swiss made uh, the, the the pistons are made in in uh, and it moves. And it moves. It's just right here around the corner. Um, there is this, this turning turning uh, company, pretty good experts. And, and yeah, seals uh, seals are made in partly in Switzerland. Uh, the the main reservoir seals come from China again because the the molds. I asked some some companies here in, in Switzerland if they can offer uh, some molds. It was, again, a couple few thousand Swiss francs for a prototype again. Um, I didn't want to go the way to get these seals made in China, actually, but there was no other way for me at that time. And still, uh, I still have quite a few seals from them here. So first using the stock and then hopefully getting this all done in Switzerland. Well, seals. I, I won't switch from anybody. Uh, well, I won't switch from Radox to somebody else uh, because they really know their stuff. And then, yeah, uh, our suppliers for quite some some uh, bike companies. So they have the know-how. They have ideas on how to do things better that they can offer better prices, and that works perfectly fine for me. So I mean, there's a there's a clear path to to making this a kind of a European, at least a European made. Uh, break, uh, which well, I think you know is appealing. Um, you, you obviously we've mentioned it previously. You do uh, do also other things. So the break disc, the rotor uh, is one thing. You've uh, released uh, uh, a chain ring. What else? What else can we look forward to? Or are you too busy with the brakes? <laughs> no, I'm not yet too busy with the brakes. Uh, there will be a, the, uh, a two-piston caliper uh, flat mount version of the of the uh, of the brakes. Um, but then, yeah, I really want to get the get the brake stuff, brake business uh, rolling. Uh, right now, just a few days ago, I, I uh, it came to my mind. I bought my well. We bought our son a new Christmas gift. It's a new bike. Uh, it's it's a uh, how do you, how do they these these belt early rider belt driven kids bikes. I was like, okay, it's hopefully his last hardtail. The next would be maybe a full suspension, and why not get uh, in t- in touch with uh, some uh, carbon experts, some 
titanium 3D printing experts and build a kid's bike full suspension in the Atherton bike style. Just, I can't do anything better. It's just, just like I said earlier, it's the next thing that's interesting for me that I'm interested about. And it's like, yeah, maybe give it a try. I think it's, it, well, I think it won't make it into any, any production. Let's make an open source, uh, open source, uh, uh, kid spike where everybody can maybe, well, getting, uh, stuff in the FEM analysis, uh, and then make it available for free. And then people have expectation that it holds up and, and yeah, quite hard to control the quality of the, of the printed stuff. And then, but yeah, why not? Uh, I'm not yet an expert in, in, uh, linkages and, and, and uh, kinematics. Maybe there can somebody help. Maybe there's somebody out there who wants to help me and, and then they can do some designs and, and yeah, see, I was in contact with uh, Reto Ebischer. <laughs> he knows he knows a thing or two about making linkages that fall apart on first try. <laughs> <laughs> he does, okay. <laughs> Which is why he's working in version two now. <laughs> I was just asking about uh, carbon carbon tubing uh, on, on what to use and wrote him on Instagram. He, he replied with a with a whole huge text and yeah try this and you may want to try that and i was like okay i was just asking so yes or no but yeah perfectly so on on on, on that kind of basis I, w I could imagine making an open source kids bike maybe but yeah we'll see it was it just came to my mind a few days ago and i have no idea about cost and, and everything but yeah it would be a cool project so that's the next thing for me but uh yeah 612 parts uh talking uh it's more breaks more breaks next batch and more breaks <laughs> um you you mentioned uh, yeah obviously reto um we we follow the media a bit in switzerland and uh, we could see from the craft days we could see your breaks on display so there's a there's a bit of a community in switzerland going of of people tinkering with um bike stuff either in their own free time so reto previous guest um is, is building his own carbon bikes in his in his shed um you know you're tinkering with your bikes there's other people that build bikes um more or less on a home home on a homemade basis so do you have um so there's a bit of a community going on is there how have you been finding interacting with with all these people in here in switzerland how have you been finding that well, there was Stefan Lorenz from Scar Cycles. He just messaged me, hey, I'm going to, to craft bike. So he messaged me. He said he's, he's going to craft bike days. Uh, would be cool to make a Swiss-made mountain bike. Do you have some brakes? And he's like, well, of course I have some brakes. What a cool project. Uh, I met him. Uh, I drove home. and uh, I, I met him at his workshop at home and then it's like installed the brakes and had a good chat with him. And, uh, yeah, like Reto, Reto, I think he followed me first. Then I followed him back. Uh, but I did, like, I, for like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for like, uh, but yeah, I'm not searching in, well, if, if searching is the right expression, uh, not constantly searching for new contacts. It's, they just show up. Uh, so, uh, every new contact is, is, is good to have, nice to have. Uh, I'm not expecting anything. Oh my god! <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the, the, the maker scene. Is like just a few guys uh, I had contact with. Uh, it's not like we're 
having a collaboration. So like, yeah, what do you think about this? Uh, let's do this and, and, and try that. And it's just, so, hey, cool stuff you do there. Kudos for that. Uh, that's It really takes time and an effort to, to get there. And that's just the, the more or less the basis. And then I really uh, I like it. It's getting a compliment for my breaks. Is, uh, and, and maybe Reto again for his unbelievably cool stuff. <laughs> I'm really a big fan. Uh, and then there's... Stefan Lorenz, for example, Scar Cycles, who, who just welds the, the, the frames. It's like unbelievable, the, their handcrafting skills. And then, yeah, it's more or less just as a, how do you say, Instagram basis. Like, I like to, to, to watch their stuff, and they probably like to watch my stuff, what I do. And then, so that's, the, that's my take so far on, on, the, on the Swiss community. Uh, whoever is interested in, in collaborating, yeah, just hit me up. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> No, it's, no, it's, it's, I think it's super interesting. I mean, it's also, of course, the, this, this, uh, let's say almost in air quotes, coordination space, certainly in Europe is kind of the European bike project is, is kind of, he is the central hub of, of like bringing out all these different companies and makers and, and showcasing them. Right. So, and then I think it, there's almost a little, there's almost a little niche for for someone to do something similar on a much smaller scale here in Switzerland because there's um, yeah there is there's plenty of makers in Switzerland um, as as a, as a place where innovation happens where there's a lot of technology players um, locally here there's a lot of know-how here um, and obviously I say that as a Swiss person and kind of blowing our own horn of Switzerland <laughs> but you know it's uh, you know, there 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 must be more to do, and I think it's always great if if you can bring people together, and then they this this cross fertilization and giving each other feedback and pushing each other on and uh, and inspiring each other, and that's that's kind of what you know what we're trying to do with our little project here, and you know if we can play a role in that, that's obviously um, that's obviously what you know we, we try to do that. I think we're safe to say that uh, this is a little bit of a organic growth in terms of the whole scene. And I'm proud to, I'm proud, really proud to see it and, and, you know, kind of just be on the inside of that a little bit. Um, Felix, so how many sets of brakes or uh, caliper sets have you um, already been, have you already distributed, sold? Hard to tell. Not that many. Um, it's it just uh, gave, gave out two sets of brakes. Uh, it was about eight pairs of calipers right now uh i made just just for, for getting getting it to a scale uh, my first uh my first order of, of of calipers was 60 pieces 30 black and 30 silver just uh, that was the first batch i ordered because yeah things are quite expensive even though uh, they're not they're, well they're right now made in in in, uh, in germany uh, but still as a whole yeah, uh, I do still have some. I think it's about. Yeah, well, I would have to count right now. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. There are some. There are quite a few pieces uh, already out uh, in, in Canada, in Germany, in France, in Singapore. Even wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, it's hard for me to to put a number right now. Uh, to put a number out right now, uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but yeah, two pieces of of breaks. Of course, um, then another two pieces on on the on the show bikes. Uh, they are hopefully ridden. <laughs> um, yeah, 
So you still have a couple in stock? Yeah, definitely. I have still have some in stock. Uh, there, I get quite a few uh, inquir- inquiries about, hey, uh, can I test them? Of course, you can test them. Just drop by in Lucerne. We can we can at- attach some to your bike, but I can't ship stuff out and yeah, get some used stuff back. That's not going to work. <laughs> Of course, you can do that for you know the upfront payment of the retail price, and then you're happy to <laughs> ship it for testing. Okay, I think I got another tester. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem. Um, I don't have a name right now, or not, uh, and uh, yeah, not a big name. I slowly get noticed, and then and, and so it's hard for me to to actually sell uh, to a lot of people. I don't. Yeah, other thing is i don't want to sell a lot of people to a lot of people because yeah i i'd like to stay in my niche it's comfortable here <laughs> so I, I don't i don't need to to to, uh, to sell everywhere and, and and all the time so i'm good i'm good with that <laughs> and what's the most common pairing for the calipers or what would you recommend to customers who are looking to buy just the caliper that's a hard one uh i only know the codes I have data on the codes. I cannot tell you that they are actually stronger on, 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 on Shimano levers, for example. From a hydraulic point of view, from just from the data, uh, they are more powerful. Um, but let there be a swing link, uh, what is no servo wave, uh, whatever is there in, 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 in the in, in the lever. I just can't prove it. Uh, my, uh, my friends who, who rode this with a with a, an XTR lever, they said it's it's way more powerful. It's like, okay, I can't just didn't ride the bike, I didn't ride the the brakes before and after uh, upgrading them with the caliper. I only know from the codes they are completely new, completely new level uh, of of. of power and modulation uh it's just what i felt i didn't do the the math uh, behind the the swing link on this one <laughs> uh on the code rsc's on the rs or the r's uh whatever i had them on the rsc i would recommend getting them on the rsc's just in my opinion i i can't prove it that the that the shimano work better they are they are, uh, yeah, from a uh, from a leverage, hydraulic leverage. Uh, they are better. Whatever works in the lever itself uh, with this uh, uh, servo wave stuff. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't want to get too wide out the window and, and say, yeah, of course, uh, it's way way better. Come by, test them. That's how you find out. I guess it's another case for you to buy a dyno. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> and then you can start the suspension so business again. Damn expensive, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, space is limited around here, so <laughs> breaks everywhere in the first place, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe I get a, a dyno. Hopefully that would be cool. If there's anybody with a dyno out there, uh, hit me up. <laughs> but it's the classic um advertising case, you know, they'll say like 39% more power with this brake or things like this and like mm-hmm. I mean, I think as mountain bikers, we're a little bit um, conditioned for this kind of marketing material. And so mm-hmm. it almost just suits the case that you would have that dyno or have that measured and then tell people, yeah, it's 12% more or 
39% more, whatever it was, 62.1. No, the data is there, right, from your certification. It is, yeah, but... On the other hand, some data is there. Yeah, some data is there. Is data. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't hold it back. Um, but that's the the point that annoys me a little. Uh, you don't get any data from any big brand out there. You just buy it, and then you have it. You don't know how is 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 it powerful? Is it strong? I have never seen any official statement. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, please prove me wrong. But. Uh, I've never seen any Shimano saying, hey, our brake, our new XTR does this and this and that uh, of brake momentum, nor have I seen a SRAM or a Magura. It's always uh, that, yeah, there was um, from the Enduro Bike magazine, there was a test, um, but getting into, getting to know the, the test procedure a, bit, a little bit better from the from the EFBE guys, um, yeah, they are not quite comparable since they use different uh, paths, different rotors, uh, different bedding in uh, procedures. That's where the, the the critical point uh, is. It like uh, is it as specification in the as specificated in the norm? Is it correct? What is correct? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a hard point to to get the actual data. Uh, well, get data in the first place, but then get them compared. It's like 20% stronger. It's, yeah. On what basis did you do the first initial test? And then what did you do on your, on your test? And yeah. So I'm hoping that I can do a, a next dyno run in a few weeks, quite expensive again. <laughs> we'll see, but uh, that's my, my approach. Uh, and then communicating, Hey, this is what they measured again with my break with a complete set uh, and then let's see where it ends up if it's better than the code and, and caliper combination or the, the code stock combination but just judging by the feel it's quite good and should be way way better <laughs> Excellent. but so talking about the setup on the on the test that you had the official test that you've done it was using yep. your full brake setup so your caliper hose and lever um, from the code uh, the lever of the code lever of the code with the with the hose uh, Goodrich Goodrich uh, steel braided hose on the uh, as my setup and uh, for just for comparison a complete stock SRAM code RSC and both tests were done with also with your rotor um, no there I had a, what was it I just had a SRAM centerline on hand. Okay, and so okay, so your your caliper is tested on a centerline. Yeah. All right. So when I, if someone wants to buy your caliper, mm-hmm. they're going to be using which kind of pads? Pads are the Hope style, Hope V4 pads uh, that yeah fit the V4 caliper or the Trickstuff Maxima caliper. Uh, Pads-wise, I made the very, very best um, experience with Galfa Pro. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> to be honest, I tried some AliExpress uh, pads just for, yeah, because they're cheap. They are, See, uh, well, obviously, they just build up heat and heat and heat. They don't break. They just heat up. Unbelievable how hot these things get. Then uh, I did some uh, Hope Sintered, some Galfa Advanced, some Trick Stuff Power, uh, some Trick Stuff Standard. But yeah, finally I got some Galfa Pro 
Gulfa Pro uh, pads, and these I'm pretty impressed with the with the yeah with the bite point with the power and yeah. Of course, they advertise uh, yeah no bedding in uh, on on on, the, on these pads needed, but if that's a beneficial point, no bedding in uh, brake pads should be bedded in all the time every time because yeah you always have a different rotor on on, on whatever bike you do but yeah so these are the, the pads to be used very good choice i run golf green been running them for the last five years okay and the cheap and the cheap more because the problem with the green pads is that their longevity is not as great they're obviously very good with heat mm-hmm. um so the, the hack is to buy golf purple which is the e-bike version of the green one, which is almost as good uh, in peak power, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're much; their longevity is much better. Okay, yeah, my experience. Yeah, that, that's a point. I've never since I run my own rotors with a small hole design. I never managed to to get some to get the brakes done uh, to get them just uh, used. They have no wear. They're not. They're just not wearing out uh, because of the the small hole pattern. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Uh, I can't confirm that they are wearing very fast because mine just they don't. They don't wear at all. So yeah, of course they wear. But uh, regarding to the longevity and and and, and breaking, I do. This it's almost nothing. Yeah, I just break too much. That's basically the the, the conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Advice of the day. No, joking, joking, joking aside. I mean, the, obviously, it all depends on the uh, it depends on the weather and you know mud and and all that sort of stuff, right? Because that all and and the rotors, quite frankly. So, uh, so yeah, but it's just. Uh, I was when I looked at the website and I, you know, kind of looked at the different configurations and I was like, oh wow, yeah, you're using Golfer Golfer Green, so you've you've obviously done some testing because an an unnamed friend of ours who may or may not be involved in some brake pad testing uh, because they've been playing with uh, with different uh, different uh, ideas for their business uh, has confirmed that in the lab that the Golfers are much much better than anything else on the market, at least what they tested. So it's not even what you feel. It's it's actually pretty much uh, pretty much confirmed on on independent okay. testing. Oh, that's an interesting point. Uh, okay, good to know that there are people having a dyno out there. <laughs> and then when we um, make an order on these, do we specify if we want to use a dot or mineral? And then you just only on the calipers. Okay. Yeah, again. And then you just give. I mean, you include with the caliper, or they're pre-built with the correct seals and then you get it you could just hook up your line and then bleed them in in best case yeah they are pre uh, pre-filled and pre-bled uh, because it's yeah just want to to yeah to make sure that they work initially uh, when you have first to, uh, when you would to, to to bleed the caliper then bleed the line bleed the lever and uh, so yeah best practice would be uh, just plug and play the connect uh, the the um the banjo screw uh, push the pistons back. They come delivered with the pistons halfway out because then you have to push them back and push maybe or, or just get the, the whole caliper air-free. Just when you push them back, the, the, the calipers, the, the excess fluid just rinses out and then that's the point uh, why I deliver them as uh, yeah halfway out pistons so just to make the, the first bleed less of a struggle. 
So uh, that's how they come. Uh, you just order them. They are already assembled, pre-bled, uh, and then everything you need to get uh, every, to get everything to get out on the trails. Right on. Yeah, we like to hear that. All right, before we, uh, before we close out, there's uh, one more question we need to clarify, and that is obviously six, 12 parts. What's the meaning of the number? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I really suck with uh, catchy names being creative on, on, on names, despite my personal Instagram, Instagram name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that was just a drunk uh, Sylvester, uh, Sylvester move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, six twelve is just uh, F is the the sixth uh, sixth letter in the alphabet. Alphabet. Oh wow! And L is the twelfth. So F L six twelve parts. F L parts. Yeah, pretty stupid, but that's what I just uh, yeah came up with. It's like or the 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 company the co uh, the limited itself. It's not the 612 Limited. It's Eis GmbH in German. Uh, and, and Eis was just the first word of my son. Just as a little dedication. Uh, why not use that word? It was just watching TV one evening. Uh, okay. Eis. There it is. Eis. Yeah, he, he just wanted... To, he always wanted to, to, to watch a video. One video. Eis video. In Schweizerdeutsch. So yeah, ice video, ice. <laughs> there That's you go. How it came up with the with the limited name, and, and uh, equally stupid is the 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 the, the, uh, the, the parts name. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes there's the simple the simple things that are nearest to us that uh, that bring the bring the solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, I guess uh, you know we're getting towards the end of our time today, so. Uh, how about we close out with our, uh, our usual closeout questions, if that's okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we've talked a lot about breaks. We've talked a lot about developing stuff and seals and oil and calipers and this and that. But we haven't actually heard about that first bike that got you really stoked about riding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can remember this was when my brother-in-law, no. Correct. My brother-in-law. <laughs> okay. Strange. Uh, he, uh, he was always into mountain biking and he took me, one day he took me to Totnau, uh, Totnau in, in, in Black Forest. They had uh, Scott Gamblers, the old ones uh, with uh, single crown forks had, uh, on as rental bikes. He took me there and we, we went biking. So that's how I got yeah, into mountain biking. But then my very first own mountain bike was the Radon Swoop 199.0, 26-inch Fox 36 RockShox Vivid Air and everything, yeah, fully equipped. Uh, that was my first bike that really got me into riding. And that, ah, that's when the reverbs had the, the, uh, the hose connection externally. Uh, what a pain. <laughs> that was annoying yeah. the thing <laughs> yeah so that's that's the first bike yeah <laughs> i'm sure it was rad on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. <laughs> all right second one imagine you are harry skidini and you're a bike magician extraordinaire you can make riding a bike more awesome for anyone by the stroke of a magic dropper post hopefully not a reverb 
Um, <laughs> what would you do? Uh, trails legal. Simple as that. Uh, we live in, a, in, a, in an area here where riding trails is yeah, this gray zone stuff. And then, yeah, every time we're on the route on the trail, it's like, oh, there's not a bike trail. And yeah, just make trails legal. Make Graubünden everywhere. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I mean, there's a whole host of things we can talk about for the betterment of our society and mountain biking. But hey, let's get back to the funny topics. Skids. Now, I know how to throw a skid with a brake um, and without a brake. But hey, if you're going to use your brake, tell me what your perfect skid's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. use the brake. Just let go. Let go. It's like all the time in life. Just don't don't do too don't do too much thinking. Just let go. I really suck at that. at shrouding corners and then. I don't like to skip, but if I do, just let it go. <laughs> let it out. <laughs> it reminds me of an old hashtag that I came up with. Hold on and let go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good hashtag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I overused it and I stopped using it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to, uh, to attach that uh, hashtag um, to, to the post that goes along uh, on our Instagram. But... Uh, Felix, uh, if uh, our listeners have questions or want to more, know more about your breaks or about you and your company, where uh, where can they find you? They uh, everybody can find me at six twelve minus parts dot com. Uh, Instagram six twelve uh, underscore parts. Uh, info at six twelve parts. Uh, wherever out on the trails, maybe pumping my tire up again because flats for the win yeah <laughs> uh everywhere i'm everywhere all right sweet we'll uh we'll put those uh all those links in the in the show notes so people can find it felix that was a really cool chat i'm glad we got there in the end we had a few troubles <laughs> to be, begin with but uh this is a really cool chat and I'm, I'm really stoked to see where you can uh where you can take your 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 breaks hope to see you out on the trail soon yeah it would be a pleasure Hey, guys, thank you for having me again and enjoy your evening. It was a pleasure, Felix. See you soon. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Pascal and I put a lot of heart and soul into this podcast, and it means a lot to us that you've listened to it. We'd also really appreciate if you shared it with the people that you know and care about. Until next time, Skigglers.